it. And I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. I want to preach here just on a simple subject. It's been on my heart for a while. Not necessarily the subject, but the principle of it. But the subject is, ready or not, here I come. Many have heard of the familiar story of the man located in the tombs, cutting himself, possessed with many demons. I would like to go through those accounts because it is located in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. I want to start with the account in Mark, Mark chapter number 5, verse number 1. The scripture says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, I want us to take notice here that the scripture says immediately there met him out of the tombs. Somebody say, amen. Singular, amen, with an unclean spirit. Let's go to the account in the book of Luke, chapter number 8, starting at verse number 26. The Bible says, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. Now let's go to the account in Matthew chapter number 8 starting at verse number 28. The Bible says, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the, even a different spelling here, Gergesenes, there met him, somebody say two. Other accounts only accounted for one, if you notice. But here in Matthew it speaks of two. Two possessed with devils. Isn't it interesting? It seems like when something comes at you and you're fighting that devil, it seems like another devil wants to come just along the way. There met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before, somebody say the time, to torment us before the time. This has been on my spirit lately and I can't seem to shake this story. But there comes a point in everyone's walk of faith that you must tell the devil his time is up and it's my time to walk in victory. I want us to take clear notice here of something that the Lord has just placed into my spirit and that is the latter part of Matthew chapter 8 verse number 29. The devils, the demons spoke up and said, art thou come hither to torment us before the time? 
so that lets me know that there is a timetable that every demonic spirit has in your life but the very thing is is that what are you and I going to allow the timetable to be because just because they have an appointed time their appointed time is from their assignment from their father but we have a greater father we have a higher calling the bible says greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world so just because the devil has an appointed time that does not mean i have to settle for their appointed time Oh, I've come to preach in here. I've come to tell you, you can go home. You can proclaim today that the devil's time is up. Well, let me keep on preaching. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter number 1 starting at verse number 4. The scripture talks about here a very familiar story dealing with Hannah. We understand that Hannah means favor. We understand that Hannah is going to a very difficult time, and that difficult time is within her own home. Boy, that's a challenge right there, isn't it? It's one thing to go through things outside the four walls, but when you have to deal with things inside the own four walls of your home, now that's a different story. It's no different than you and I here in the church. It's one thing to be attacking devils that try to creep into the church, but it's a whole other thing when you and I are start fighting with each other. With each other, That's not the will of God. Oh, no, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't come against one another, but we attack the devil that is trying to torment you and I to fight against one another so the scripture lets us know here starting at verse number four and when the time somebody say the time and when the time was that Elkanah offered he gave to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and to her daughters portions but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah but the Lord had shut up her womb and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb and as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord so she provoked her therefore she wept and did not eat do you see how the enemy is using somebody in her own house year after year and notice that the antagonizing this spirit that is trying to get her to give up give in and just accept defeat is even worse every time they go to church oh some of y'all need to get that right there the bible lets us know that every time they went up to the temple that's when the adversary would provoke her even more so don't find it funny don't think it's strange that every time you put on your clothes and try to press your way to the house of the Lord it seems like everything is attacking you from coming to the house of the Lord the scripture says that she did not eat in verse number 7 she wept and did not eat in verse number 8 said then said Elkanah her husband unto her Hannah why are you crying why are you sorrowful and why are you not eating why is your heart grieved am I not better 
to thee than ten sons? See, there's some things people cannot do for you, but only Jesus can do for you. Too often we make the mistake of trying to fill the void with people. We try to fill the void with pleasure. We have men chasing women and women chasing men. We have things that we're trying to fill the void with, but there's some things in life nobody can fill that void other than Jesus. I wish I had a church in here to preach to. So the scripture says in verse number 11, and she vowed a vow. And say, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. Many of us understand the story that as she began to cry out to the Lord, she began to weep unto the Lord. She was so sorrowful in her spirit and broken in her heart that she was crying out but her lips did not move. We understand that the priest began to mark her mouth thinking that she was drunk but she says I'm not one of the daughters of Bilal. Please understand I have a need. I have a prayer request. I have something that I'm tired of dealing with year after year. I have a situation in my home and I'm tired of being provoked. I have a situation in my spirit and I know my husband cannot fulfill it because he has no control of my womb. But I just believe if I can cry out to the Lord, it doesn't matter who hears me. It's about the one that does hear me. And I know if I give it all to him, I know he's able to answer it. So that's when the Bible says that Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him and somebody here today needs to have a Hannah attitude because as soon as she heard the word from Eli the Bible says her countenance began to change she was sad no more and then the Bible says when she got up that morning she arose and worshipped she did not wait for Samuel to show up but she worshipped before the answer came Hallelujah. And I wish I can preach this thing how I feel it. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. See, she changed her countenance. She didn't walk out of the temple saying, well, I hope it happens. She didn't walk out of the temple saying, well, maybe. Well, the man of God did give me a good word, but I'm just not sure. She did not walk out of the temple any other way, but then a countenance changed. The Bible says she was no more sad. Now, how can somebody be no more sad and begin to worship before the answer even showed up? Uh huh. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, typically, we wait for the answer to come, and then that's when we start shouting. But Hannah said, "I'm not waiting till the battle is over. I'm going to shout right now." Some of you need to get that into your spirit. Don't wait till the answer comes. You ought to leap for joy. Don't wait till the answer comes. You ought to clap your hands. Don't wait for the answer to come. You ought to shout, "Hallelujah!" Clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify. Hallelujah. 
Yes, yes. Let me preach this just a little bit more. See, there's a time for everything. There's a time for all things. Even Jesus, the almighty one, operated in time. For the Bible says in the book of Mark chapter number one, verse number 14, it says now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. John has done his part if I can use my own words here, John has done his part. He has fulfilled his purpose. And Jesus, excuse me, yes, Jesus even went on to say about John in Matthew chapter 11, verse number 11. It says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John and if you will receive it pay attention here very closely and if you will receive it this is Elias which was for to come now, why would Jesus pause here, if you will, for a moment to explain a very critical situation? Because the Jews, the people of that time, were looking and waiting for Elias. They knew that Elias was going to come to prepare the way of Jesus Christ they were looking for someone that was going to pave the way if you will for the Messiah to come they were looking for this prophet by the name of Elias to come before the one that was going to deliver them but it is important to understand that Jesus takes time out to help them understand that John the Baptist was the Elias that he was the one that was coming to pave the way for the Messiah. I'll show it to you in scripture. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 17 verse number 11. And Jesus answered and said unto him. Elias truly shall come first. And restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias has come already. And they knew him not. But have done unto him whatsoever they listed. We know John the Baptist was beheaded. Likewise shall also the son of man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. Jesus was making a declaration that it's time. John didn't perform a miracle. But the miracle worker is here now. John baptized people unto repentance. But the one who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire is here now. Once Jesus makes his presence known, every devil knew that they had but a short time to operate. Somebody say it's time. That's why we get to our key text in Matthew chapter number 8, verse number 28. And it says, and when he was come, when Jesus was come to the other side and to the country of the Gergesenes,
There met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? So that's why I want to speak and encourage someone here today with the simple title that I mentioned earlier. Ready or not, devil, here I come. And we must understand this because I'm not coming empty-handed either. But I'm coming with the sword, which is the word of God. I'm coming with a shield which is my faith. So someone here today needs to proclaim ready or not here I come. But when you walk into your home and when you walk into your situation, you don't come empty-handed, but you're going to speak the word of God with faith. Yes, you are. That is your sword. The faith is your shield. So I want to proclaim to someone here today that you don't have to operate no longer under the devil's time. But now you can proclaim it's my time and it's time for the devil to go and for Jesus to show up. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify. His time is up. And it's my time now. Give me a little bit more monitor, please. His time is up. And it's my time now. Notice how the devils understood that when the greater power showed up, they understood that they had to bow to that greater power. Notice that they were there on an assignment. Are you hearing me, brother? They were there on an assignment to not only torment those men, but to torment an entire city. See, when the devil's after you, he's not only trying to take you out, but he's trying to take your entire family out because he knows if he can get to your faith, he can get to everybody else's faith ah, I feel that in the Holy Ghost uh, but notice how the devil said why are you here what are you doing on this turf and now that you're here we know that our time is up see I need to encourage someone here right now because you need to know that you don't have to put up with Satan's antics no more some of you have been allowing the devil too much time oh I'm preaching to somebody's spirit right now you're wondering and you're going home each and every day saying when can this stop I'm telling you that you have the power through the name of Jesus you don't have to put up with the devil's tactics anymore but you can simply speak and say get removed be removed get out of my house
Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Yes, that's where the authority is. See, the devil had authority until Jesus showed up. Uh-huh. He had authority to torment. He had authority to have fear. The people didn't even want to come across those people. They put them out in the tombs because that's where they thought they deserved to be amongst the dead. See, many people have been cast out. Many people have been put out. And you have been left in the tombs. You have been left for dead. But I'm coming to tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. Because Jesus is in the house. And when Jesus shows up, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God is able to say one simple word. He can just simply say, go. And every devil in hell has to flee. So I've come to tell you, are you going to let the devil have more time? Or are you here to proclaim, it's my time, it's my time, it's my time, and I'm coming with Jesus. Oh, I've come to preach into somebody's spirit. You need to get this right now because the devil's been having too much time in your home. He's been, oh, I wish I could preach in here. He's been having too much time in your family. His time is up. His time is over. I may be preaching to one or two people, but I need these one or two people to get it. His time is up. His time is over. Somebody say, it's my time. Yes. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord and worship him just for a moment. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, musicians, singers, you can come. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Yeah. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. There is an appointed time for everything. Don't think it's strange because you have all these fiery darts coming at you. Don't think it's strange because you're going through what seems like the toughest patch of your life. Don't think it's strange because the enemy knows that his time is running out. He only has a set amount of time. And he will do everything he can, Brother Carson, to pull you out in that short amount of time. But why are the people of God allowing the devil so much time? We are allowing that. We are allowing the enemy more time. Because just because he's been placed on an assignment that's supposed to last for three years, does that mean I have to accept a three-year term with the devil? I'm sorry, I didn't sign that contract. This is null and void. Well, you can't return it. Well, I'm dropping it off. 
You ain't got to go home, devil. But you got to get out of here. And when I speak those words, I say, devil, leave and never return. And matter of fact, can I just go ahead a little further? Don't touch my family either. Can I go a little further? Don't touch my church family either. Can I go a little further? Don't mess in my neighborhood either. I'm telling you, your time is up. Because I've been allowing I've been allowing the devil too much time in my life. Oh, I feel a praise about the breakout in this house. Somebody needs to keep their mouth shut and just move. Keep your mouth shut and just move because we've been letting the devil have too much time. So when I say ready or not, here I come. I'm talking to the spirit that's been tormenting my life. I'm talking to the enemy that's been tormenting my home. I'm talking to the spirit that's been keeping me down for far too long. So whether you're ready to leave out of my situation or not, here I come. And I'm coming with the authority that's in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not coming by myself. I'm coming with Jesus. Or am I preaching to anybody in this house that's coming with Jesus? You ought to move from where you are and come with Jesus. You ought to proclaim your victory. You ought to tell the devil no more. No more. I've been allowing it to happen for far too long.